And uh, we're going to be talking about a man named Abram uh, as we get going here. But we need to kind of set the standard of like, or uh, set the tone of why do we do this series, right? Why are we doing a series over the Old Testament? And, and foundationally, like why, like what even is the Old Testament and what does it mean to us? And my hope is that for this sermon, for this message, that it's kind of like when you go to a Mexican restaurant and you get chips before you eat. And what happens is, is as you eat those chips, you get hungrier and hungrier for the main course. So that's my goal for tonight's message, all right? That analogy sounded a little bit better as I was, I was prepping that, but uh, that's my hope for this, is that as we get into it tonight, that you are just hungry to know more about God's word and to know more about what he was up to in the Old Testament. And so in the Old Testament, this is what we refer to, like when you look at your Bible, all right? We have the New Testament and we have the Old Testament. The Old Testament being the time before Jesus's public ministry and the New Testament being Jesus's public, public ministry and the church after that. And so if all of Christianity is pointing towards this figure of Jesus, do we really need to worry about what happened before? And the answer is yes. The answer is yes. I would compare it to uh, like this, okay, is uh, Avengers, like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Any fans in the house of the, uh, you know, okay, we got some fans. All right, I talked to one of our residents here at High Street, I'm not gonna name any names, and they're like, I hadn't seen a single movie until I saw Avengers Endgame. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. And they're like, yeah, I loved Avengers Endgame, but I was like, bro, you, you don't even know, you don't even know how good it was because when Tony Stark killed Thanos, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it by now, that's your own fault, okay? Just gonna throw that out there. But when Tony Stark, like when he does it and he saves the world, like you're going, some of us are going back. I think that movie came out in like, 2000 and it was before 2009. I don't even know when it came out. It's like, we've been on this ride. You know what I'm saying? And so it's sweeter when you understand the whole story. And I think the same is true for the Bible. When we understand what is happening in the Old Testament, it helps us to greater appreciate Jesus. It helps us to greater appreciate what happened in the rest of the New Testament. And it adds to our faith today as we understand the character of God. Now, what are some of the challenges with the Old Testament? I married into a family, I married my wife, and uh, my mother-in-law was one of 10 siblings. Okay, so you, you don't get to choose certain things. Like you get to choose who you marry, right? But you don't, like I didn't, wasn't thinking about extended family when I married my wife. And so I get told, hey, we're gonna go to this family reunion. I'm like, cool, like that's awesome. And she's like, no, it's like we do this once every three years and there's 150 plus people at the family reunion. So I show up and uh, Aunt Karen's introducing me to you know Uncle Rich and all these different people. I have no clue who anybody is, all right? I'm on year three, I'm on the third time of going to the family reunion, the Newsma family reunion. I'm just now starting to figure out who is who. And I think sometimes the Old Testament can feel like that a little bit. Like you just walked into a family reunion and you're like, I don't know what's going on, but there's a lot of people here. There's some names I'm familiar with, but I'm not sure, I don't know how to tell the difference, right? But our hopes in this series is that we would do what? We would add clarity to the Old Testament. And we're gonna do that tonight by starting off and talking about a man named Abram. And I have two goals and a main point. My goals are this, that if you're following Christ and you have a relationship with him, that you would fall even more in love with the Bible. And maybe the second goal would be this, is maybe you're a little bit of a skeptic, 
you're questioning what you believe, you're like, hey, I'm diving into this, I'm trying to be open and see, that when you look at the cohesive nature of the Bible, you would just be blown away by the master plan that God had all along, and it would just grow your faith. And our point for this tonight is as we look at the story of Abram, is this, is that even when you lack faith, God does not lack faith in you. Even when you lack faith in God, he does not lack faith in you. He is still faithful towards you. God is going to be faithful towards you even when you lack faith in your life. And so I wanna jump into Genesis chapter 12 and uh, you can see that you've got this sheet here that you should have gotten when you came through the door. And uh, on here you can see that at the top, When we look at Abram and Abraham, we're gonna get to that of who is Abraham. When we look at this, I would encourage you, it's all the way from Genesis 11.10 to uh, 24.67, so all the way through the end of chapter 24. My homework, my challenge for you is that, hey, you come and listen, right? That you would then go and you would read all this. There is so much in this, we can't unpack it all tonight, and I'm gonna do my best to be clear with what we're presenting, but we get to see the story of this man named Abram, and so we're going to kick off in Genesis 12, 1 through 4. So let's read together. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Now Abram, I do wanna tell you that he is married to a woman named Sarai. So Abram and Sarai are married. And if you didn't catch that, he's 75 years old. He's 75 years old and has no children, okay? I feel like I'm too old to have kids and I'm 31, all right? And uh, Jared laughs at that because he knows, okay? Uh, I'm like, that's, that's like, a, you, you, if you're Abram, you're thinking like this promise that God is making to him, that people like you will have uh, descendants from your family, that would seem unreal at 75 years old. Now Sarai was not as old as him, but older in age as well, And so it's like, okay, this promise exists. And if you notice in verse one, it says, the Lord said to Abram, go from your country, everything you know, your kindred, your father's house, to the land that I will show you. You think you're stuck in your ways in young adulthood, imagine being 75 and God tells you, go somewhere new. But what does Abram do? And he takes Sarai with him. What does he do? Is he goes. We see in verse four here, what is it? Abram went, he went. He said yes to God. So when we look at Abram, this man of of great faith as he's described elsewhere in the Bible, what did his story start with? It started with saying yes to God. And that's the same thing that great faith in our lives still takes today. When God speaks to us, calls us to do something, 
we say yes. And God is still in the business today of calling people to do things. Now the great part is, is that we have scripture as our guide. God is never going to call you to do something outside of his word. So we have scripture as a guide that shows us what God is calling us to. We have the Holy Spirit that we receive whenever we have a relationship with Christ as a counselor and a guide in our lives. So we have God's word, we have the Holy Spirit, and then hopefully, this is why we do groups, this is why we gather on a Tuesday night, why we encourage people to be engaged in a body of believers is that through your community and other people who are following Christ, you would see wisdom who can speak into the things that God is calling you. God is still in the business of calling people to things today. And how do you have great faith? You say yes to God. You say yes to God. And now, I think Abram's story is one that should encourage us, especially in young adulthood, because it starts off really strong. Abram says yes to God, he goes to a new land. But what happens is when he gets to that new land, and we're not gonna have time to dive into all this tonight, but he goes and then right after he started so strong, he starts to kind of falter a little bit. He goes to a new land, he lies about who his wife is to to Pharaoh, and there's just some problems there, you can read about it, but he doesn't trust God's promise, he doesn't trust God's protection. This same uh, kind of attitude carries over when we pick up in Genesis chapter 15, which is the next passage we're gonna read. This is 10 years later, all right? God has made this promise. And 10 years later, Abram and Sarai still don't have a child together. And so Abram is kind of lacking faith. In Genesis 15, he's just um, basically returned from rescuing his nephew Lot. And we pick up on this uh, scene where Abram is kind of discouraged. And this is what happens in Genesis 15. It says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not. Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. This next part, I think, shows the humanity of people that we see in scripture. But Abram said, oh Lord God, what will you give me for I continue childless? And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. It's not even one of his own children. He was gonna have to give his inheritance to someone that wasn't his own child. Verse three, and Abram said, behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, look toward heaven and the number of stars. If you are able to number them, then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And verse six is so powerful. It says that Abram believed the Lord and God counted it to him as righteousness. So we see the start of Abram's story, strong in faith, falters, moment of doubting. God comes to him. And what does he do? He believes in God once again, and God counts it to him as righteousness. And in Genesis 15, as you see, uh, I think it's funny because as the as, uh, passage in uh, chapter 15 continues, what we see is Abram's like, hey God, that's good and all, like and you've credited that to me as righteousness, and I see the stars in heaven, and you promised that I'm gonna have a multitude of people, and what we see is that Abram goes, hey God, like I'm gonna need like, show me something, show me kind of a sign, if you will, that this is gonna happen. Like show me a little something more. And so something unfolds in Genesis chapter 15 that for us today seems so foreign and would seem so uh, kind of really just distant from what we would be familiar with in our culture. So God directs Abram to get a cow 
that is three years old, a goat that is three years old. So he gets a cow, a goat, and a ram that are three years old, a pigeon, and a turtle dove. It's starting to sound like a Christmas carol, all right? But it's not. And so Abram gets them, he slays them and kills them, cuts them, splits them apart. And this is the scene, right? He's already canceled right here, all right? He's canceled if this is today's culture. He's killed, but that would be very common. What, what I'm saying, and if it's seeming like, what in the world is happening? What was happening was he was getting ready to enter into a covenant or a promise. Abram was saying to God, hey, show me something. Show me this promise that it's gonna be true. And what happens is, is in, and in this time in the ancient Near East, this was if you were making a deal for land with someone, this would have been a custom that you engaged in to take these animals, split them apart, and then you would pass through that, those animals with the other party as a signal that, hey, this is the agreement we have. And if one of us breaks the agreement, okay, so two people walking through these animals together, if one of us breaks this agreement, let it, what happened to those animals happen to us. That's serious, all right? That's a little bit more strict than like signing a, uh, you know, for insurance or whatever today. But this is the deal that happens. And so it seems foreign to us, but to them it would have been very normal. But what's so interesting about what happens in chapter 15 here is that God causes a deep sleep to fall on Abram. And as this deep sleep happens, it's God through the form of a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch. He passes through these slain animals. God in himself is saying, I will uphold this covenant with you, Abraham. I will uphold this covenant with you, that all the people of the earth will be blessed through your name. I'm going to uphold that with you. You're gonna receive blessing from me. You're gonna inherit land from me. And, and you're gonna receive offspring because of me and you're gonna inherit these promises. God walks through what was normally done for two parties, right? Two people. Abram should have went through here with God. God goes on his own. And God was going to uphold that covenant. And as we look forward towards the New Testament, hundreds and hundreds of years have gone by where human sin has accumulated and it was God upholding this covenant. Who was slain was Jesus Christ on the cross at Calvary to uphold this covenant that God made with Abraham. And we see that the Old Testament, hundreds and hundreds of years before, is pointing towards what happens in the new. And that God knew the master plan all along was he was going to send his one and only son, Jesus, to be, to be killed and crucified on a cross for your sins and my sins and that debt. We couldn't uphold the covenant, but God upheld it for us by sending his son. And so we see that Abram's faith, once again, right, it's counted to him as righteousness. But what happens is Abram begins to falter again. And this is when your faith starts to fail is that Abram started to listen to Sarai instead of starting to listen to, instead of continuing to listen to God. We see this in chapter 16. He starts to listen to his wife instead of listening to God. And Sarai's grown impatient. She doesn't have faith that she's gonna have any children. She doesn't believe that this is gonna happen. And so she takes her servant, her maid, Hagar, and has her sleep with her husband. And that, again, seems very foreign to us. But one thing that that's, uh, I love about the Bible is it's always faithful to tell us what happened. All throughout the story of Abram, we see these scandals that happen, and God's word is faithful to report what happened. 
So Abram sleeps with a woman who is not his wife. She becomes pregnant and they have a son named Ishmael. Now what happens is sin always has a ripple effect. So Abram did not listen to what God had said. Sarai did not believe the promises of God. And there was a consequence of that. The Ishmaelites, as we see the continue in the Old Testament, they were people that would eventually uh, battle and war with the Israelite people. They would battle with the descendants of Abram. We see that Sarai, what happens is, as soon as Ishmael is born, that there's tension and she begins to treat her and is mad at her and unhappy with Hagar, her maid, who didn't do, you know, she was just acting under orders of what Sarai told her. There's tension, there's always, and the point is this. Anytime we don't do what God has commanded us to do, there will be a ripple effect that hurts not only us, but the people around us. And that's true even today. So this principle that we see in the Old Testament still continues through until today. But Abram, his story, I I hope you see that, right? I hope you see that like his failure and then his faith. And so often in our lives, what I see happen, and I've been around long enough to see young adults who had great faith and maybe they failed, and instead of coming back to the feet of God, what did they do? They went away from the church. They went away from community. They went away from the faith instead of leaning back into it. But when we see the story of Abram, we see that he continued to lean back in. So now 24 years have passed since the initial promise that God made with Abram. And so you could imagine, where would your mindset be? 24 years later, Abram's now 99 years old, and this is the interaction he and God have. God makes another promise to him. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless, that I may make my covenant between me and you, and may multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham. Name change, we gotta pay attention to it. For I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. So Abram's name, which originally meant exalted father, God says, hey, that's not who you're gonna be. I've made a promise to you. You're gonna be Abraham. You're gonna be father to a multitude of nations at 99 years old. This is what God promises to him. I mean, could you imagine what that's like to receive that and to hear God speak that over you? In, verse, uh, in chapter 17, it continues, and we, we wonder, like, what happens to Sarai? Where does this story continue? And God said to Abraham, as for, your wife, Sar- as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her and she shall become nations, kings of peoples, and and kings of people shall come from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed. He fell on his face and laughed and said to himself, shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? Shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. He's doubting, right? God says to him, no, but Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. Everyone would have known Abram's name as Abram, 
but God saw him in light of the promises he has made to him. Everyone would have seen Sarai, meaning princess. Everyone would have seen Sarai as Sarai. And God says, no, I see you as Sarah. You're gonna be a mother to the nations. And I think the same thing in a sense is still true today, that you might view yourself in a certain way, other people might view you in a certain way, but that doesn't matter. What matters is what God says about you and what his word says about you. That's the most important thing. And I think our world is hurting and longing and wondering, what does God say about me? Who does he view me as? We receive more inputs, we receive more signals of who we are, who we're supposed to be than any other generation ever before. We're more connected than ever, we have ideas of what we think we should be accomplishing and achieving, but really when we get to the simple nature of it, what really matters most is what God says about us. And I believe that there are so many people who are hurting, who are broken, as Jake was kind of talking up here tonight, maybe you're in that season where you're broken, your self-esteem is just as low as it's ever been. My challenge to you is stop viewing yourself as what you think you are or as somebody else has defined you, but what does God say about you? Well, what does God's word say about you? That you're fearfully and wonderfully made? That he has a plan and purpose for your life? That there's not a hair on your head that he doesn't know about? that he delights in every detail of your life. All of that is scripture that is said about you and what God feels about you, that he loves you and that he cares for you, that Jesus came, what, to seek and to save the lost. God's heart is for you. In the same way God's heart was for Abraham, in the same way God's heart was for Sarah, God's heart is still for people today. And what's awesome is, is you see this, and you, you've got this on your sheet here, and um, this to me is one of the most beautiful things when I talk about the cohesive nature of Scripture. Abraham and Sarah do indeed have Isaac, right? And if we track this lineage through, Abraham has Isaac. Isaac has a son named Jacob. From Jacob, we see the 12 tribes of Israel that we read about throughout the Old Testament, one of those tribes being the tribe of Judah. From the tribe of Judah, we have King David, and from King David's family line, we have Jesus. You can go to Matthew chapter one and you can read the whole thing, and people, I remember one time I was talking to a guy uh, and I was just kind of trying to share with him and he's like, well, I don't believe the Bible because the New Testament writers just had the Old Testament to work from. Do you have any idea the amount of prophecy that was fulfilled through the coming of Jesus? I mean, it's incredible. You can't make this story up. That for hundreds and hundreds of years, the story is cohesive. It builds off one another. That when you look at Matthew chapter one, kind of the bridge between the Old Testament and the New Testament, I mean, that should give us so much faith in what scripture has to say and what God was doing. And God's plan has been a good plan from the beginning of time until now, and it will continue to be a good plan. And I think practically speaking, do you feel like Abraham? Have you had times of, man, my faith is strong and then you fail. My faith is strong, and then you fail. And what you have to do is you have to make a choice. Am I gonna step back in? Am I gonna lean back into God, or am I gonna move away from him? 
You know, last week I got to talk to a guy and uh, it was just a really cool conversation because as he shared with me and shared about what was going on in his life, I was like, man, this guy reminds me of Abraham. Coming out of, out of, out of college, like had a time where he's, he's walking with God, he's growing, he's engaged in community. Then he kind of went away from it. Kind of got out of community. Kind of stepped away from the faith for a moment, if you will. But then as I got to meet with him, and he's engaged in a group. He's engaged in coming back. He's engaged in reading scripture. I'm like, man, you're like Abraham. Yeah, maybe you had some failures, you had some mistakes, but you stepped back in. That's all God's after. I mean, when we look at the story of the prodigal son in the New Testament, what is that story? Someone who failed, who squandered everything. And what did the master do? He welcomed the prodigal son back home with open arms and God did the same thing for Abraham and he'll do the same thing for you in your life. You gotta step back in. Do you have the faith just one more time to step back in? Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Do you wanna be righteous tonight? Believe God. Believe God, and it was credited to Abram as righteousness. You know, we go through these things and these times where our faith is shaken. Have you been there? Has that been you? Has your faith been shaken? Maybe you're in that season right now. You know, over the past, couple weeks just to be transparent, honest, man. You know, even tonight, I didn't, sometimes you don't feel, I was like, God, I, I, on my own, I cannot get up here and give this message. There's just been some things going on. I'm a blessed man. I have a great life. God has provided for me. But you know, just sometimes like the simple things in life, just you have a rough time. And that's where I've kind of been the last like week or two. And I had this thought like, as we're sitting there, as we're worshiping, and as I, I share kind of that weakness with people and nobody wants to be weak, right? I wanna be that person of strong faith that doesn't doubt, that doesn't waver. But as I kind of share that with people, you know, today I was just challenged like, what am I gonna do? At times I've been tempted like, man, God is living this life for you worth it? Is, is going to spiritual battle worth it? Is sharing my faith worth it? Is, is living for you worth it? And those lies from the enemy start coming in and they feel so heavy and they feel so real. But then as I process it, as I talked about it, and I thought about this story of Abraham, which is why the Old Testament matters, how we draw on the faith of people who have come before us. I sat there and thought like, what am I gonna do? Am I gonna stop? Am I gonna stop? Am I gonna, am I gonna walk away from that? Or am I gonna step into it? God has been too faithful for me to, to me, for me to walk away from that. So even on the days when you don't feel like it, are you gonna step back in? Like Abraham did, are you gonna step back in and say, God, I don't know how you're gonna do it. It doesn't make sense to me, but I'm gonna step back in, in faith, believing that you're gonna do something in my life. I don't know if that speaks to you. I don't know if that, that resonates with you, but man, God is good. 
the same God who was good to Abraham, who was good to Sarah, we track and we see he was good throughout the Old Testament and he continues to be good even today. So good that he sent his son to pay a debt for us by dying on a cross, living a perfect life, life we couldn't. That's how good he is. He was faithful to us, even to the point of sending Jesus to die on a cross for us so that we could have a relationship with him. And so my question to you, what did Abram's story start with? It started with saying yes to God. Have you ever said yes to God? Tonight could be the night of something completely new in your life. Maybe you've been searching and wondering, tonight could be the night if you say yes to God that will change everything, not only for you, but for your family and for future generations. Have you said yes to God and said, hey, you know what? I've been Lord of my life, it's not working out. I wanna make Jesus the Lord of my life. I wanna give over all authority to you, God. Have you said yes to him? Maybe as we were singing and you know, we sing this song, we wanna see you move. We wanna, you know, would you build your church right here? What's God calling you to? What are you scared to step out in faith in that God's calling you to? Is it going to a new place? Is it having a conversation? Is it confessing sin to someone? Your failures, your mistakes? There's a spot for all of us tonight to look and see, God, where do I need to be faithful? Like Abraham, where do I need to step back in and believe you? And we're about to sing a song as we close. And you know, as we worship early, I just feel like there's no doubt that God's presence is here with us as we're gathered tonight. And we're gonna sing a song called Jireh, talking about Jehovah Jireh, God is my provider. Do you have a need tonight that you need to come down and just lay before God and say, hey, I can't do anything about this, but God, can you? What if you need to step out in faith as we sing that? I don't know what God's working on in your heart, but I know that there's an opportunity for all of us to take a step of faith towards God tonight. Let's pray.